The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. So anyway, um, actually what I was going to talk about in my sermon today is actually going to be vastly different than what I originally intended to talk about. So two of the reasons are twofold. One, um, the fires knocked out, you know, my um, internet on Monday or early, late Sunday, early Monday, and I didn't get it back until Wednesday. Of course, in the meantime, I was in an area which I thought I was going to be evacuated, so got up, got woke up at 4.45 a.m. on Monday morning, told to, you know, pack your stuff and get out by neighbors. So I threw everything in there, including my computer, my church books, you know, clothes, the whole bit. Um, and like I said, computer was one of the things. Oh. So, um, of course, then by, had all, had all that stuff up by Wednesday, but of course it was a service and everything. It was Thursday before I decided to hook the computer up. Well, my computer basically crashed. I couldn't get it to work. So that was the, all my notes for my sermon were on that computer. <laughs> so uh, basically, I had to start over. <laughs> so, uh, of course, I, mentally I kind of knew what I was going to talk about, uh, but I was not, but, you know, as far as the specifics and everything, plus with the fires and everything, I was going to, I kind of felt the need to alter it anyway somewhat. So, so basically what I'm going to preach tonight is something I put together yesterday. <laughs> So, so anyway, um, let us turn to Mark uh, chapter 12, uh, verses 29 to 31. Well, first of all, let's go ahead and pray. So, Lord, um, we thank you for this opportunity that we could come together as a church uh, this evening to hear your word preached. And especially with the situation, the uh, fires that have gone on this week, I just pray that uh, this would help bring this, this church closer together and as members that we look after each other and care for each other and just um, be, be the uh, family of God in this community, Lord. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Mark 12, 29 to 31. So um, this passage is known as the two great commandments of Scripture, of which there's the two tables of the law, which are the Ten Commandments, and which all the law flows. So... Um, so Mark 12, 29 to 31. And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And second is like namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. So first of all, I kind of want to talk about verse 30. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So the first statement I want to make out of this is it's all about God, not you. So um, it's all about God. God should be the most important thing in our lives, uh, even above you, your family, your friends, your possessions, job, in other words, everything. And especially with this week, I just... Personally, I just realized how little my possessions uh, meant to me. I mean, I threw a few things in my car that I needed, but I mean, I was just, you know, when I was like packing my 
stuff from my car. It's like, I don't really need this. I don't really need that. I don't really need this. Yes, I do need these. This, but um, you just realize that stuff is stuff. I mean, 90% of what you own could be replaced. Um, but, um, but what we do need is we need God. Uh, he has, like I said, he has to be the most important thing in our life. And so, and then as, in order to show that God is the most important thing of our life, we want to, there are several things that we need to do. So one, we have to conform to Christ. So Romans 12, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So our, our will needs to match God's will, not the other way around. So one of the things I sometimes run into when um, people, you know, I'll be talking about God to people is that they'll, they'll make a statement that starts off, I thank God. And basically they kind of follow up with should or, you know, shouldn't or something to that effect. And basically what they're doing is they're setting their own level of righteousness that may or may not agree with um, what God's word says. So, there is, so they want... Um, God to conform to them rather than conforming to God. But um, God's word is, is righteousness. His law is pure, as Psalm 19 says, and that uh, we are to conform to him. And if God is the most important thing in our life, we follow him. He does not follow us. So, and then... Um, so then uh, we, have, we do have to follow God. And then, uh, so Matthew 16, 24, and then Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 10, 38, and he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And then, of course, if we, you know, those that follow him, uh, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know him and they follow me. So we do need to follow Christ. Uh, he is the most, like I said, if he's the most important and we love him like we should, we are to follow him. Just like, um, you know, you have love for like a parent, a father, mother. Uh, you know, generally if, if you're a child and you, you know, you're, do what, what you're told. And that's kind of what, that's what the scriptures here, you know, are saying that if you truly love God and you, uh, with all your heart, all your soul, uh, you will follow him. And so, in fact, the one thing that always got to me was a little bumper sticker you'd kind of see occasionally about that God is my co-pilot. And that, that always irritated me, uh, you know, when people say, oh, God is my co-pilot. Well, I like the uh, response that somebody gave. It's like, if God is your co-pilot, switch seats. I always thought that. <laughs> So, but, and then uh, second of all, we do have to obey God. So not only do we have to follow him, but we have to obey him. So Deuteronomy ch- uh, 30, verse 2. And thou shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I have commanded this day, thou and thy children, in all thine heart, and with all thy soul. Deuteronomy 30, dash 8. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord, and do all of his commandments which I command thee this day. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, dash 20. And thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, and the length of thy days, and thou shalt 
mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give him. So our obedience is to his word. And we just, uh, we have to uh, tr believe his word and obey his word. Um, in fact, one of the things we just can't, we just can't give lip service to his word. Um, I know some, the Catholic Church is, is uh, and others, you know, they sometimes will say, well, um, I will give penance instead of obeying. But uh, the Lord actually says that, you know, it is better to obey than to sacrifice. In fact, 1 Samuel 15, 22. And, and Samuel said, Hath the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, it is, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken then to the fat of rams. So uh, we are to obey God, um, not just to uh, sacrifice or, or give false promises. I mean, you know, oh Lord, if, you know, if I will do this if you do that. I mean, we're not to bargain with God. We are simply to obey God. And if we do obey God, Lord, the Lord will bless us. I mean, maybe not necessarily in material goods. I mean, you know, it's not a, again, it's not a negotiation that says, oh, well, I'll obey him. And because of that, I expect, you know, to rewards and my life to be, you know, great and, you know, no problems or anything like that. I mean, as Christians, we know that we will suffer um, tribulations, uh, and in many cases, tribulations for the Lord's sake. Uh, but, um, but we do know that if we obey the Lord, we are gathering treasures in heaven. And those treasures are eternal. Uh, the treasures that we have on earth uh, are corruptible, uh, subject to decay. But uh, scripture does say that if we lay up treasures in heaven, it's where rust cannot, will not affect us or not affect it. So. And then Second uh, Chronicles 7.14 uh, if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. So again, uh, we do need to um, obey. If we truly, uh, in fact, if Christians truly obeyed the Lord, I mean, I'm not saying that all, you know, troubles would go away, but in many cases, troubles would be reduced. Um, I have found that, you know, if you... Do what God is telling you to do. I mean, you will avoid a lot of trouble. <laughs> okay, and then um, we, are, we are to obey him in all things, among them uh, prayer, giving, again, following the commandments. In fact, John in uh, 14, verse 15 says, if you love me, follow, keep my commandments. So, um, but so, yeah, I mean, we are to follow him in prayer. Uh, the Lord says that we are to pray without ceasing. Now, of course, that does not mean that you know that you're in prayer 24-7, but that means that you have to have a heart for God and that you, got, you know, need to be in a position that you, know, you could go to God any time. Uh, you, you, know, you don't have to wait for a certain point. You, you know, prayer, in other words, prayer should not be simply on Sunday morning at church and maybe uh, before a meal. I mean, you should be able to pray any time and be willing to pray at any time. Um, giving, um, of course, the Lord commands us to give. Um, of course, I am the treasurer of this church, so I do know who gives what. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say that, um, that it is a blessing that the vast majority of the members here are giving as they should. It's definitely seen in this year's um, 
giving records. I mean, we've had a surplus. It's probably 17.5 thousand right now, the last I checked, which we haven't had probably anything near that in at least 10 years. So um, the Lord has really blessed us in that, and I just commend the church for being faithful in, in their giving. Uh, but of course, there are some that you know are not faithful in tithing, and you know who you are. <laughs> and the Lord, and, and most important, the Lord knows who you are. <laughs> okay, we also are to we also are called to serve Him. So Deuteronomy six thirteen: Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve Him, and shalt swear by His name. Deuteronomy thirteen four. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. Okay. And then Joshua twenty four fifteen. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose this day whom ye shall will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But for me and my house we will serve the Lord. So it is, it's very important for us to serve the Lord. In fact, it is commanded of us to serve the Lord. A um, couple more verses. Uh, for he that, Romans uh, 14, 18. For he in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, we, re, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, wherever we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So um, we are commanded to serve. We are commanded to serve God, uh, basically because He um, redeemed us. Um, of course, rede- redeemed means the, uh, the word for purchased. So, and we are purchased by His blood. When Jesus died on the cross, He purchased us to eternal life, and uh, that we would uh, have eternal life through Him. But because He redeemed us, we in turn are to serve him. I know pastors preached on this a couple of weeks ago about how um, it's simply not just the fact that our sins were substituted, but because of redemption, we are to pay a little bit more, and that is our service to, to, to God. So Psalm 31, 5, In thine hand I commit my spirit, thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God, our truth. Isaiah 51, 11, Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. The everlasting joy shall be upon their head, and they shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. 1 Peter 1.18 For as much as we know that we are not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers. In Revelation 5, 9, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Now we are to serve God, and we are to serve only him. In fact, um, the Bible warns us against serving two masters. Uh, Matthew 6:24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God in mammon. Now, mammon is basically a word that says man, or you know, the, 
mankind. So we do have, so kind of going back to that uh, verse in um, Joshua where it says you could serve the gods of the Amorites or, or serve the God of Israel. You know, we have, we can, again, we can only serve one master. And if you truly love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might, that is the uh, one that you would call master. So, and then we have to love God. So Deuteronomy 6.5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Which again is a Old Testament restating of the great commandment. Deuteronomy 10.12, And now Israel, that doth the Lord thy God require of thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all of his ways, and to love him, and to serve thy Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Deuteronomy 11.1, 1, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. 1 Corinthians 8.3, If any man love God, the same is known of him. And then 1 John 4.21, And this commandment we have from him, he that loveth God loveth his brother also. Also in 1 John 5, 1, Whoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. And then 1 John 4, 19, We love him because he first loved, his, loved us. So now, again, uh, we love him uh, because he loved us. We uh, trust him. We uh, are to serve him. We are to obey him. We basically, again, with all of our heart, all of our soul, with all of our might. But we also have to realize that if we cannot love God and love the world also. So 1 John 2.15, <coughs> Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, Matthew again, 6.24 again, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God in man. Now, to love the Lord is to hate evil and sin. Now, Psalm 97:10: Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Proverbs 8:13: The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Now, of course, if we love God and hate sin, um, the world will hate us. So, um, because we will follow, the, you know, following the Lord is, in, you know, is enmity with the world, and the world does not like uh, the, the righteousness of God. It it prefers a sin. So, First um, John three thirteen. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. John seventeen fourteen, I have given them thy word that the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. John three nineteen, and this is the condemnation that light is come unto the world, and the men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Now also we are to love God more than even our family. Um, of course, this is where it kind of gets you know a little tough, and you know people say that they love the Lord first, but, you know, sometimes their actions don't, and what they do did not support that. But anyway, we are to love God more than family. So Matthew ten thirty seven, 
He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Luke 14, 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, of course, the first time I read that, you know, it's like, what do you mean hate your father, hate your mother and wife? Basically, this is hyperbole. So basically, he's what he's saying levels of love versus hate. So what he's saying, Basically, what he's saying is that you've got to love me so much more than your father, your mother, your wife, your children, that it almost appears that you hate them. So that's kind of why, where this comes from, where he's not saying to truly hate your father, your mother, your wife, your sister. He's just saying that compared to God, you need to love God so much more than your family. Or himself, John 12, 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth this Life in this world shall keep it under life eternal. And one of the things that, you know, that just kind of proves that you, you know, may or may not love God more than family is, uh, you know, putting, putting your possessions uh, more than uh, your love for God. Um, the case of the young rich ruler, Matthew nineteen sixteen through 22. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments, he says unto, to, unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things that I have kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that which thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrow, for he had great possessions. And I know a lot of people, you know, fall into this. They say they love God, but they don't want anything that kind of affects them, you know, financially or uh, just, you know, cramps their style in any way. So, um, so, but, you know, this is a true mark of a Christian. Are you willing to sacrifice all that you have in order to love God? And that truly is a mark of loving God with all your heart. Is that are you willing to give up everything else for God? So God is first and foremost in our life. Now, I've only touched a few topics on this thread, but we are to realize that God is supreme, and we are to love, follow, and obey him. So now I want to go back into um, our text verses, go back to Mark 12, 29 to 31, and we're going to discuss verse 31. So Mark 12, 31, and the second is like namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandments greater than these. So the second principle or command is to look to others and not just at ourselves. Now, um, you know, we tend to, as people, you know, kind of look for ourselves first, you know, take care of numero uno, and then, you know, if there's anything left over, then we'll start, you know, expanding out to those closest to us, and then a little bit further, and, you know, the people, you know, that we hardly know that are down the street, you know, or other side of the world, you know, we hardly give them a thought. But uh, Lord says, you know, to love our neighbors as ourselves, and of course, Carnal mind, everybody loves themselves. <laughs> so the fact that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves 
basically means that we need to put others at the same level that we put ourselves. So um, the me first generation has been prevalent. It's basically it's all, always been prevalent. And man will always reach his, meet his own needs before helping others. So as God's children, we are to support one another and love one another and sacrifice one for another. So um, uh, Philippians 2, 4. Look not every man unto his own things, but every man also to the things of others. Uh, Levit- Leviticus 19.18, Thou shalt not avenge or bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. So we are to help our fellow man. So, now, of course, with the events this week, we've, you know, I have to commend you know, the people in this church. Um, personally, you know, people ask me how I was doing. I said you know, I had my bags packed in my car, ready to evacuate. And I had multiple offers of people saying, you could stay with us. And that was a great blessing to me. And I'm sure many other people, you know, got the same response. But, um, you know, that's our, this is a time when our church really comes together. And it is very commendable of what uh, we've done. But um, also for the community as a whole, I mean, I've heard many wondrous stories about people, you know, stepping out and helping each other. So that's been great. I, you know, it's always good, uh, you know, that people set aside their own um, greediness and just selfishness and help one another. So I can't get in, can't get enough of uh, just you know how much that happens. And of course, you know, um, unsafe people could be could be helpful, but. Uh, but the thing is, is only those that truly know that Jesus Christ is their Savior could truly uh, give the most selfless um, gifts to, to one another and help one another. I mean, those that are not saved, usually there's kind of an alternative motive. I mean, it could be uh, many times it's like, you know, they kind of have this work salvation to them. They think if I do this, you know, I'm really building up, you know, brownie points with the Lord and I'm going to, you know, I'll certainly get to heaven because of all this stuff I did. But that's not the way it works, you know, as we, as we know. But uh, we do have uh, people who step up and give and contribute, uh, and it's really being commendable. Um, we do wish, you know, that this would be an opportunity that uh, people would uh, come to realize that, you know, they're not in control. Um, the, Lord, the Lord is in control and how much man thinks that he can control all things, you know, the, they say that God laughs when people think that they have everything under control. But, um, you know, hopefully this will be an opportunity that, you know, people would realize the need of Christ and that they would need uh, to come and to Jesus Christ as their Savior. But anyway, I kind of got off my message a little bit there, but... Um, Again, uh, Matthew 5, 41, Whoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go unto him twain. Matthew 25, 35 through 40, um, For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, ye took me in, naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when we saw ye and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink, when we saw thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee, or when we saw thee sick or in prison and came unto thee, 
And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it under one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So again, it's the Lord commands us to you know, love one another and to um, assist one another. If you see, if you see a brother in need, uh, we, are, and we, can, we can provide support. The Lord commands us to, to help them. Matthew 5.16, Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So we basically are to exhibit Christian charity. And uh, we are, as Christians, we are to, um, you know, show the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the sp- fruit of the Spirit, again, is uh, in Galatians 5.22. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. So if we, you know, exhibit those, um, you know, that certainly would uh, help go far in um, loving our brother as ourselves. Okay. Romans 15, 1 through 7. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and to not please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for, the good, for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, for as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things are written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one towards another, according to Christ Jesus, that ye may have one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us in the glory of God. And then Galatians 6, 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So I could go on and on about how we are supposed to uh, love God and love our fellow man, but I'm going to stop here at this point just because... uh, we're kind of not quite running out of time, but I'm getting to the end of my sermon here. So uh, but I do want to um, stop here with an additional passage from 1 John 2, 5 through 6, that whoever keepeth his word in love in him verily is the love of God perfected. Therefore know that we are in him. He that saith he abided in him ought also himself also to walk even as he's walked. So now we are called to... Um, be, you know, love with the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, might, um, and we are to love our neighbors. But, um, but, of course, this is actually things that we can only do if we have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior. If you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you cannot do these things as God commanded. So if there's anyone here that does not know Jesus Christ as Savior, um, especially with the events this week, you know, that you kind of know that, you know, uh, life can be fleeting. I mean, there. I think the death toll, I think, of all the fires in Northern California this week, I heard was 40 or more at this point. And that uh, just, you know, I know one of them, I think, was a 14-year-old boy. So that just kind of shows you that, you know, you never know when your time has come. And that, uh, you know, now is, now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of the Lord. So um, if you do not trust... If you have not yet trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, today is the day to do it. Um, trusting Jesus Christ will give you eternal life. He will uh, save your soul. You will go to heaven. And you will escape the condemnation that uh, awaits you for those that do not trust Jesus Christ. And you think that the firestorm that affected us this 
you know, this week, those people that were escaping the flames, if you don't know Jesus Christ and you die without knowing Jesus Christ, that is just a minuscule of what you will deal with if you were in the lake of fire. So, um, again, that is all that I have for this evening, um, and I thank you for allowing me to speak. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.